welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 123. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have a couple of beans on the line of me. Tonight we have Cracker. How's it going mate? Pretty good thanks mate. How are you? Pretty good and uh, we've got someone who's walked what was it, 108k's to be here tonight. Does that sound about right? I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to have a podcast out this week. Uh, you know, I go away for one week, the wheels come off. Nah, yeah, no, I uh, went for a bit of a hike last week. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> a long time and lockdown um, delayed hike, but uh, yeah, did the Great Ocean Walk. So I walked from Apollo Bay down to the Twelve Apostles or Five Apostles, or how many <laughs> yeah, left? There's not that, not that many left now. No, uh, down to the Apostles, yes, a number. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so it uh, took me about a week and got rained on for a few days, but it was awesome. It was good. Loved it. Yeah, it looked pretty good. And yeah. uh, I haven't actually watched it yet, but you, you have posted uh, some of your stuff up on YouTube. You want to give that a shout out? Uh, yeah, head over to uh, Yakabout TV, or Yakabout Fishing on YouTube, sorry. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's kind of my other, you know, outlet, uh, sort of outdoorsy fishing, hiking, camping stuff that I enjoy doing. So, yeah. Uh, I condensed the eight days down into two 20-minute videos. So, you know, there's not just... <laughs> it's a fair effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, battery conservation was a big part of it. But, uh, yeah, just the, the interesting stuff, the, the sweet views, uh, some of the cool birds, the odd snake, and, uh, yeah, just the highlights, I guess. And it was good fun. Uh, great walk, and I uh, recommend it if anyone's thinking about doing it. Did it solo, but met some cool people along the way as well. So, yeah, it was good. Very good. Lost, what is that outside you speak of? <laughs> yeah, Cracker doesn't know what uh, what the outdoors is. Uh, you've uh, been in I lockdown for, what, five months now, Cracker? Uh, feels like it. Last couple of weeks, I, I actually did catch the Rona, uh, fortunately very mildly. But, yeah, it, it kind of has done the run through my family, which is why I wasn't around last week. But uh, all on the mend and I can I thought you just didn't go outside because you've got red hair and you're so pale. <laughs> I mean that that happens too. Oh, okay. I get sunburned from fluoros, but you know that's yeah. yeah you got to have I'm a sixty watt globes because the hundred yeah. watt globes burn you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right. Winter, winter's coming up, so that's that's the like the three months of the year that he can actually go outside, not yeah. not have to wear sunscreen. So, yeah. Looking forward to that cracker. Yeah, it's great. Are you I, glad I you're back on the cast? The ring. Oh, <laughs> Just getting it. ranched by us. In the first two yeah, months. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but good to have you back. Uh, uh, I hope the family's feeling good, mate, and glad to hear that you only got a mild case. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was saying to Shorty before we're all vaxxed as much as can be, and I reckon that's probably had a pretty good um, help. That's what the numbers <laughs> making tell us, it so, being yeah, as, as minor as it is. Yep. You're like, ah, oh, so many people are dying from this. Oh yeah, that's right, they didn't get take any of the <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh, don't start Chewy on that, that track. Don't start Chewy on that track because he will. No, no, we're not. We're no, not. Yeah. We, we have we're a lot of things to get through. Wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Okay, let's talk about magic. Okay. <laughs> Lots to cover. Yes, we do. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we missed the podcast last week. Just uh, yeah, a combination of people being away, people being sick, and uh, me being super busy. So uh, just just didn't happen last week. And Remember we used to record, pre-record those evergreen things and we was like, oh, if, if we ever need to miss a week of the podcast, we've got these evergreen ones we can yeah, just put out there. And, uh, yeah, but that's, yeah. that's when we were planning on only re- releasing an episode every two weeks. And yeah, somehow yeah, exactly. we have ended up as a weekly cast and <laughs> that's great. I love it. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, week off, and uh, and what that means is there's two weeks worth of announcements that uh, that came out, and we've got to catch up on all those things this week. So. That'll be what we'll be going through tonight, a whole bunch of different things. But before we get into any of that, Chewie, do you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? Absolutely. Uh, the Magic Beans podcast and everything we do here with our tournament series is brought to you by the fine folk at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction group where you can bid on physical magic cards seven nights a week, premium auctions on the weekends, and they have the win it now posts where it's it's not an auction, it's a first in first serve, some amazing deals. Just jump in, type sold, and then Pat will reach out and get things to you. Uh, speaking of getting things to you, their full-time auctioneer means that there's somebody dedicated to getting your items to you as swiftly as Australia Post will allow. Uh, there are great postage <laughs> options. Everything's packaged extremely well. I've bought at least 200 cards off Pat over the years, you know, even before he was involved with the, the Magic Beans, and I've never had a single issue with, with shipping. It's it's second to none. So uh, if you haven't already, jump, jump into the group. You can find them by going to www.jpmtgbazaar.com.au. It'll take you straight there. And when you do win, tell them, that the beans sent you. Very good. And I do have a top loader with uh, some cards that arrived from Pat last week, I think. It was, yeah, nicely packaged and got there very quickly. Excellent. Bit of bit of demonic tutor action. Yes, yes. A few, uh, few up- oh, well, not upgrades, just replacing proxies for the, the commander deck. So, but no. Nah, yeah, they just very call good. that deck building, mate. Yeah. yes all right so we're going to get into some of the announcements first so as i said a couple of weeks we've had uh, a few big announcements and a few little small ones as well but a few things we'll we'll get through so we might kick it off first with the announcement that we had for the arena premier play so i think uh it's be what like four weeks ago now we spoke about uh we had uh wizards did the stream with huey where mm-hmm. uh, they announced the organised play structure for tabletop, and uh, I think you and I, Cracker, sort of broke that down and had a good chat about that. We were, we were pretty happy with that, but they did mention in that stream that there was going to be coming a uh, an announcement that outlines the digital sort of side of that and what the, the premier play is going to look like for digital. So we got that uh, this week or I think end of yeah, last week, week actually. Yeah, yep. yeah. So we spoke about this you know we, you guys had a quick read through it earlier and then we spoke about it <laughs> before the podcast and we got there <laughs> we got there eventually it was it was a little bit confusing but uh there's there's a bit of a structure so cracker you want to see if you can just give everyone sort of the brief rundown of what we've got here yeah for sure so we're, we're back to pyramids boys all right the good type none of these ponzi schemes back in no. arm, arm and Ket. No NFTs around here. Uh, and we've got basically three structures. So, the the lowest is called the Arena Qualifier Plans. And then in the middle, we've got the Qualifier Weekend. And then the very top is the Arena Championships. So, Arena Championships, we've seen these before. 32 players, $200,000 prize pool They're every four months, which is great. So, there's going to be three of those. They'll be interspersed in between the Pro Tours the paper events and then they also feed into the world champs which as shorty and i talked about are going to be much bigger this time they're not the 16 player ones they're going to be you know 128 player kind of sized events so from there the way that you will get into the arena championship is starting at the 
qualifier play-in. Now, this part was very confusing, and they've given you some <laughs> some really great player profiles, like one-time Oko and Garrock the Grinder. Um, I don't know where they came from. But anyway, basically, you can <laughs> I don't, just- I don't know what the point of those were. <laughs> I don't know. It's either, just like overcomplicating just- something. <clears throat> they definitely uh, did do that. They look. Someone went. I know we can do some alliteration here with our planeswalker names. It'll be great. But um, these are just. I, I prefer can- one time to fairy because to fairy time goes better than. Oh. Oko just invokes like sadness when you hear the name. So <laughs> no, like That's to fairy, which makes you know everybody smile. Yeah, <laughs> everyone was like one yes. time Noko, please no Oko. Wait, hang on. To fairy makes all right. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what happens with these qualifier weekends is that you can just enter them. They're, they're like the arena open events. So, they've got entry fees of either 20,000 gold, 4,000 gems, or 20 play-in points. So, play-in points are the, the new option of how you can enter these. And you get those by playing on effectively the ladder or in events during, um, during the month. And so, you, you will win those by going, you know, 3-0 in a draft. Or if you enter a constructed event, you'll get a couple of points from getting the maximum number of wins. So, those are just like a little bonus in addition to all the other stuff. So, you still get all your normal packs and gems and gold and whatever so else you want. they effectively to free entries for the arena opens, basically. Right? Correct. So, once you yeah. hit 20 points, you can use those as a buy-in to uh, a weekend qualifier. Yeah, so yeah, qualifier twenty thousand gold. It's for the qualifier play. The qualifier play in. Sorry, yes, oh, the qualifier okay, play in. Right. Uh, and so it's you can shoot as many. You know, we, we talk about shooting bullets at those ones. You can try as many times as you want over the weekend. There's no limit. Uh, and then once you reach your six wins, you then get an entry token to the qualifier weekend. And so those will be happening uh, once a month, I think. And then from yeah, those, a, there's a best of one qualifier that's one week before the qualifier weekend mm-hmm. and then there's a best of three qualifier that takes place the day before the qualifier weekend so okay. it all sort of le- leads up into that qualifier weekend gotcha. it feels like it's a bit more of a season in that sense short but it feels like a season rather than just like a one-off random event yeah so yeah i like it uh and so with the qualifier weekend the way you can also get into those is being in the top uh, ranks of mythic so it used to be that it was the top 1200 would qualify to those they've changed it now where if you're the top 250 you automatically qualify for the qualifier weekend for that you get basically a, a ticket you get an entry token and you can use that because we're looking sometimes there'll be like a limited qualifier weekend whereas the next one might be like a historic qualifier weekend and so if you are a constructed player and you don't want to do the limited one you can actually kind of hold off on it which is good so you can kind of bank those tokens um obviously with the qualifier planes i believe they'll get you entry into the one for the weekend that's coming up uh and then yeah if you're in the top 1200 you will get effectively 20 points immediately to buy yourself one entry into the qualifier plane to qualify for the qualifier weekend mate (laughs) Can I say, it's a lot of can I say qualifiers words. anymore? It's one of, it's, it doesn't seem like a real word anymore. It's just a bunch of <laughs> noises. Uh, and then after the qualifier weekends, if you do really well, then, you know, top few players get into the, the arena championship. So, uh, what do we think? It, if, 
not free, but guaranteed entry into the playing events. You guys can, you know, pony up 20,000 gold and, and jump in kind of like an arena open and then see how you go. What, what do we think about this new structure? What do you reckon, Chu? I like that it exists. Um, it feels like there is... Well, look, <laughs> playing points are familiar because, you know, we used to have like um, rankings or for, for certain events, like you had to be a certain constructed rank to qualify for nationals. Uh, we also had Planeswalker points, which let you qualify for, for certain things. So this is just the latest iteration of those. But There's I also like, keep, like qualify points on Magic Online, I believe, that are sort of similar to this, yes. this type of structure. Yeah, yeah. So this isn't new in, in yeah. that sense. It's just it's now on Arena. Uh, and the fact that, you know, it, it's like a... Uh, a, a mini GP or a big PTQ or something uh, as your you know your foot in the door with this stuff and uh, I like that there's a pathway maybe it's because you know they took organized play from us and now we've got something back that is pretty decent I'm I'm happier with it than if they just decided to restructure you know I'd be interested to see if they had the organized play system that we had before they you know set it on fire uh, and replaced it with this, whether I'd be as enthusiastic. But I, I think this is good. This is something that I, I will play in, you know, one to two of them per year. Uh, they they feed into, like, the actual Pro Tour. Uh, so it feels like there's a pathway and there's, there's stakes again. Like, I'm not just playing ladder just because I want the gold to be able to turn into gems, to be able to play limited in the new set, which was... My entire interaction with uh, with Arena over the last few months. Now it actually feels like I'm playing for a reason, which means that I want to play well. I'm going to care about the decks that I play and the plays that I make. You know, I'm not going to make a terrible play just because I need to, you know, kill a certain number of my opponent's creatures to get my gold payoff. Even though you know, killing the creature may not be the right play. It's a uh, it just makes more sense um, to to have something at stake, and the the prize money here is is top heavy and and significant. And having this interspersed amongst the paper pro tours means that you know there's always something on, something to look forward to. Uh, it's, it's something good for content creators, something good for people who want to keep an eye on the meta game. We're going to see that churn uh, more traditionally rather than just like the ladder grinding dictating what's good we're actually going to see innovation uh hopefully and uh i would love to just i'm waiting for the announcement about coverage of of this stuff so I, i think it could be um, some opportunities for things to be good again. So genuinely excited, I, I have to say. I, I think it's good. It's going to take a bit of getting used to because it's a new system and it sounds complicated, but I think once we're in it, it it's going to be fine um, because it's not new. Like it, this is something that we've done before. And I I think it's uh, overall a, a really good thing. Not perfect. They'll, they'll tweak some things, but I'm happy it exists and it you know, has been a whole lot worse than this is. So I'm I'm happy with that. What about you guys? How do you think? How do you feel? Yeah, like the I'm assuming they will cover the arena championships in the same way that they've been doing covering the set championships at, at the moment. There's only three of them a year, so it's not hard to cover. It's all digital, so everyone can do everything remotely. So that's easy. It is a 200 grand prize pool now for the the arena championship. I don't know what the previous set championships were, but I'm pretty sure they weren't 200 grand. So that's 
that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I, I just like that it, it, the qualifier play-ins are open to any anyone. One of the things like that's always been a barrier to entry to get to the qualifier weekends was needing to reach top 1200 mythic like i've never even been in mythic because i just don't play anywhere enough anywhere near enough games to to get there or i've never gone on a crazy enough tear to to actually get there and so the like achieving that was just completely like something that's that's off the table there's there's no way that was ever going to happen whereas this sort of thing it's like oh there's one coming up this saturday i've got nothing on all right cool well i've got spare twenty thousand gold all right well i'll just jump in play some best of one and if i get my seven wins sweet i've qualified for the the qualifier weekend and then i sort of go from there so it's it sort of covers all bases by allowing the grinders who who really want to be up there in in mythic to to get there where they want to be and then the people who don't have the time to do that but just want to jump in and play to do that as well and then it's also it we were trying to sort of work it out beforehand it's not 100 percent clear but it seems like the play in points that you earn that they don't seem to have an expiry so you can play events over the period of a few months to earn up to the the 20 points that you need and so then you get that free entry into a into the qualifier play-in event so that is that's cool as well because yeah it means you can just jump in and sort of play whenever you whenever you feel like it and then slowly get enough and, and then sort of away you go from there so yeah, yeah I, I, it's it's good picking up on on something you said there i think is a really good point um so you're i, I think a good representative for a lot of people in the in the magic community who are good enough to spike a tournament but don't have the the time or the inclination to uh you know do do the ladder grind thing right so this is a um just like you could go to a gp and spike it and make the pro tour or, or ptq and spike it um but you don't have to you know have a like the old days for nats where you had to have a certain um dci ranking or whatever it was back in the day uh, that rewarded consistency and um playing the game a lot so anybody can spike an event if you're halfway decent at magic sometimes it's just your day so uh i think this is going to make it a lot more appealing to the broader masses uh, and it makes it feel even though spiking a tournament is probably you know harder or just as hard as making high mythic in re- as far as um likelihood percentage wise it does make it feel a lot more accessible which means that a lot more people are going to be excited by this and are going to play in these events yep absolutely so yeah seems good we'll, we'll see how it plays out i think that kicks off fairly soon does it even have a, a date when that starts but nope can't see it anyway anyway i'm sure it will uh, will start off soon and uh, yeah, if you're interested in that get into it uh the next announcement we had which we just saw i think yesterday or the day before pretty recently this is more specific to our australian and new zealand listeners uh sort of along similar veins is esl so esl uh they ran their champs last year and we you know we spoke about it when it sort of first came out and i think uh we played or i played in a couple of couple of their qualifier events uh not can't remember if you guys did or not but a whole bunch of people from the beans community did uh, do you remember their system, Cracker? <laughs> Mate, how how do well I structured ever. it was? It was the simplest, <laughs> most just it made or no. I, all I remember <laughs> is reading through it and being perplexed as to why the different events had different points awarded. So if if you based open the, the Webster's dictionary, right, and go to O and find the word over engineered. 
there's a, a picture <laughs> of the previous ESL structure. Yeah, it was it was quite confusing. No, because like over engineer yeah. just means they've got like lots of really good things, but just a few too many of them. This didn't even make any sense. Yeah, like it just felt completely random. It, it was clearly something they pulled from. Well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, pulled, pulled they have simplified it now. <laughs> yeah. So it was quite complicated, and, and the big issue with it was you had to effectively you had to play like four big events to get anywhere and do well in them to get anywhere near the chance of getting prizes. And, uh, yeah, like there was no prize payouts for sort of the the actual qualifier events and yeah. things like that. So that was – and, you know, we gave them feedback uh, when, when their tournaments were over as well as a bunch of other people. And, and, yeah, they've come back. They've just announced their winter season. Uh, I think there's going to be two of these over the next few months. And uh, it is much, much simpler. So there are four events that are open qualifiers, so free to enter. Anyone can can jump in and join them as long as you're in Australia or New Zealand. Uh, yeah, Saturday is Swiss. Top eight plays on Sunday on stream with good coverage. So, like, props to, to ESL. They did do a, a very good job of their coverage uh, with, with good commentary like uh, Wandering Bard. And, uh, yeah, so you play in the top eight. And then the top two from that qualifies straight through to their champion stage so four events top two from each one of those qualifies to the champion stage and at that champion stage you're getting your share of two and a half grand in cash and prizes so simple easy good money free to enter that sort of thing almost sounds like a uh, a beans event but uh just not quite as good wouldn't you agree oh as good as bard is as well like you know Coverage, you know, he's comp- yeah, no, 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 shout out, Bart, you do agree. <laughs> as good as Bart is, better than us. Um, yeah. The first one is actually next Saturday, the first qualifier as well. Yeah, um, okay. So they are, it is, it is standard, it is best of three. Um, and yeah, so jump on. Like, uh, like we said last time, if you, if you're around and you can support these events by signing up and even if you don't play the whole thing, you know, make them think it's worthwhile continuing to do. So yeah. I'm glad to see that they, they took some feedback and they've run it back. And uh, now that they've, you know, simplified it a bit, we should encourage them some more. I think the f- the first one they ran had like 200 players registered, but I think I think they ended up with maybe like 140 who actually played. And then they drastically dropped off as they sort of got towards the end of the season. I think the last couple only had like 30 people sort of thing. So yeah, uh, I guess that's sort of what happens when your, your structure's a bit too complicated. But uh, yeah, hopefully these ones do, do a bit better, so... Have to keep an eye out for that, and if we can find the time, I'll be jumping in and playing in that one. Uh, so that's that's two announcements done. We're like twenty odd minutes in. We've got two announcements done. We're, we're doing really well. Seven uh, <laughs> The next thing that was announced was Command Fest. This sounds right up your alley, Cracker. Command Fests. You're, you're the filthy casual on the podcast. Yes, I am. <laughs> what are, what are these? Do you remember what um, Command Fests are? I've, I've never been to one. No. Uh, but never, yeah, never had just, one in Australia. That's that. Well, there's that too. Uh, yeah. So they are just giant wizards-backed events. They'll be run by local tournament organisers. So in Australia, that's going to be good games, and they're they're firing like all over the world and multiple times throughout the year now. So the first one we've got coming up in June 25th and 26th in Sydney, um, and from. What I remember reading, there was a couple of tweets and things where it's, I think it's $100 entry for the weekend. Uh, and then you will pay for different events in there if you want to. But you also get like a swag bag. And in that, you get one of the new, the new, new Capenna <laughs> Commander pre-cons. So, depending on what they have availability wise and things, 
that's really good value. Like that's that's amazing. Because the precon's price is up to what sixty bucks US now. So it's it's basically like a free deck. Like uh, we've paid a hundred dollars to get entry into you know GPS and things, and you scrub out after a couple of rounds. So uh, it seems pretty good and uh, should be a lot of fun. I, th- I think that's yeah. The, so it's the, it's, the it's, a, it's literally just a weekend of commander. Pretty much. Yep. There'll be some prize yep. support and things. There'll be vendors and, you know, things you can enter. So like a um, convention more than a tournament, obviously. Yeah, um, definitely. But there's there'll be prizes for winning pods and such. And I, I've i read that uh, some tournament organisers are talking about having prizes for, you know, different things. So not just necessarily, you know, win-loss, but having prizes for the, you know, the sweetest play and things like that so and door prizes and that sort of thing so there's a potential to go in there and not win a single game for the whole weekend you still have a whole bunch of fun because you're playing commander all weekend but you can also walk out of there with some additional prizes as well but that that stuff is all dependent on the local tos but uh, i think that's something that i would love to see as a sort of standard part of those more casual events to have um you know prizes given out to not just the people that you know uh see EDHing all over the everybody else so yeah it's a, <laughs> why does that sound dirty it's a verb right yeah um so it's a, <laughs> uh but yeah it's a um these these are cool stoked to have one in australia it's nice to get this you know our region's often overlooked for stuff like this so it's pretty sweet to uh to have that included for us so yeah i think the ones i've had like in the states because they ran They've run some recently, or, or it may have just been the ones they ran before the pandemic. I can't can't remember, but they were almost like GP size events, like huge, huge events, huge turnout of commander players, cosplayers, you know, artists, all that sort of stuff. Effectively, like a GP with side events and and you know constructed formats going on and all that sort of sort of thing as well. So they sound really cool. Unfortunately, the one that Good Games are doing here in Australia is probably not going to be that big and it's literally just commander stuff running running all weekend so if, if commander's your jam you know Hemsy probably be there with the with bells on just playing commander all, all weekend but uh n- not my cup of tea I, I enjoy a game of commander but i think uh, i think we said it in uh, in our discord chat it's i enjoy playing commander but most of that is playing with my friends <laughs> and so the the thought of going and playing a weekend of commander with some random people not not my cup of tea as much as you know i'd like to meet meet people and, and all that sort of thing uh commander's not how I'd, I'd prefer to do that if i'm if i'm going to go away up to sydney for a weekend to play magic i want it to be constructed and and competitive and that sort of thing so i will yeah, not be there I, I feel the same i think yeah yeah are you going cracker you're taking up the locust god <laughs> Booking at its own seat on the plane. I'm just going to go and wheel wheel with Narset out all weekend. Not not this time. No. And hopefully, you know, if they do one down here, um, I would definitely be more interested in going to a Melbourne one, even if we just go for a day and hang out and what have you. But um, I think I'll skip this one. I think we're all planning on heading up to Sydney later in the year for the um, yeah. the events then. Yep. So Re- regional champs. Yeah. That one. Yep. Sounds good. But yeah, they're kicking off. There's 15 events all in that June, July sort of period all around the world. And then, yeah, I think there's going to be at least one more sort of later on in the year as well. So uh, I, I sort of get the impression these are the Wizards replacements for any sort of GP type thing that they would be promoting. So that's, uh, well, that's probably I mean, what Star we're going to expect. Well, I mean, Star City ran Command Fest first. 
I, I yeah, think. Okay. And and so they they did them like pre-pandemic, and they had like they were branded Command Fest. So I don't know whether they were backed by Wizards at that point, but they were like this style event, and they were hugely successful, like just just massively so. Um, yep. So yeah, it, I mean, Command Commander is super popular. It's the, so. it's the most popular format, Magic. Yeah, it's apparently what's keep, keeping Wizards afloat. That's why they made That's a billion. Dollars. Keeping paper is going, mate. Uh, anyway. Yep, yep. Uh, it, did, it did put on the show notes, but did you guys know that uh, Magic is getting more expensive? Eleven percent price increase. I did. And that, yeah, that's the first. Well, that's eleven percent at a, uh, a wholesale rate. So that 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 was like distributors and things as well. That was from yeah. because Wizards don't set MSRP anymore or no, they're not recommended retail or whatever you want to call it. So the eleven percent increase is to like the distributors. So then, yeah. you expect Which is that, not, that it's at, not surprising. at least will be an increase. No. There's yeah. obviously a lot of controversy, people complaining about it because, yeah, uh, you know, Wiz- Wizards made all rec- record profits and they're still I mean, putting their price the up or whatever. It's like- their timing was just the yeah. worst. But- yeah. <laughs> but that is the first price rise in some time as well. So, yeah, yeah. like, magic cards at the wholesale thing have not increased with inflation, um, what, like all other commodities. So. You know, this was inevitable. Yeah. So people and you sort of look at it like the, you know, yes, they've made record profits recently. Awesome. Well done. They are a business. That's what they're trying to do. But they are, their profits recently are off of, you know, cards that they've had printed two years ago, 18 months ago, that sort of thing that would have been printed and shipped and things like that with certain contract prices in place. You know, I, I work in the construction industry and the costs of building a house have gone up like 30%. But we're still building houses at the price that people signed their contracts on. So, you know, it's the same across the board for, for a whole bunch of different industries. In the next six months or a year or whatever, all those prices of all those things will go up to reflect the newer increased prices to, to sort of match it. And that's sort of where, where wizards would be at now. They're going, all right, our costs have increased. So for us to maintain profits over the next five years we need to increase those those costs now like that's just standard business thing which obviously magic players don't understand because they don't seem to live in the real world sometimes yeah I but just shorty, can't, you know- it's just cardboard you know it's not like <laughs> cardboard's got oh wait no actually cardboard has got more expensive trees are really expensive now uh, yeah, yeah there's less of them yeah. <laughs> yeah um but you know it's just you know once our wages increase with the oh hang on yeah that that's not how that works yeah, once our wages increase with the uh, the cost of housing and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, we, all right we're getting off topic yeah 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 hey chris <laughs> yeah. that's how we're trapped uh, MTG yeah, yeah. Finance, yes. <laughs> All right, so that's sort of the the quick announcements to get into. Uh, we might touch on new standard, and then we've got sort of one one topic that we'll get into, which is Explorer, which we'll probably be uh, going through a little bit. But we have new standard. Uh, I don't think we've got too much to talk about this. So one thing that happened this week was the early access event came back. Did you guys see the Magic Bean stream for the early access event this week? Yeah, I was so excited to be able to do it, man. I just I booked a day <laughs> off and I was ready to go and then the invite didn't turn up. And then no. some bloke was just playing mono red while everyone was trying to play new decks. <laughs> <laughs> we would do that. <laughs> yeah, no, you they- uh, I did, yeah, and I never got to play it on stream. <laughs> 
They uh, uh, they brought back the early access event for a, a limited number of, of obviously streamers that have much higher profiles than uh, than the Magic Beans, uh, and that it ran what yesterday or the day before. It yeah, pretty, it was like a pretty recent twenty four thirty six hour sort of window. So yep. But yeah, that was uh, leading into the release of New Capenna, which is not even on Arena yet uh, or, or official release. This was the set where they did the the paper pre-release first, uh, which I don't think any of us got to either. <laughs> Couldn't leave the house, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we've had our first look at uh, at New Capenna. I didn't watch a single bit of it. I think uh, you two have, have had a, a little bit of a look at it. So Chewy... What have we seen? Obviously, you know, this is early access. People are playing, like, meme decks and, and things like that. Yeah. What have pe- we seen so far? And the people that weren't playing meme decks were just leaning hella hard into Obnixilis to see how important <laughs> yes. it really was. <laughs> how many and they could have on the field at a time. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind mini. of the, the mini game. Um, but uh, I think, you know, everybody expected Obnixilis to be a really good card. Right when it when it was previewed, it was like this card's good. It's going to have an impact. People didn't realize until that event how good it actually was. So when you when you can identify a card as the best card in the set clearly, and then it exceeds your expectations, um, that's that's it's going to be an issue. But um, you know maybe it keeps up with the the rest of standard because uh, you know there's some powerful cards in in the current standard format. Um, but yeah, Obnix is definitely an outlier. And like, quick tangent, I I think that New Capenna marks uh, a bit of a, a shift in Wizards uh, format cycles and set release cycles, where traditionally the eighth set is it eight sets instead. Yeah, the eighth set yeah, is. is like super powerful, and because it has to compete with seven other sets to you know be relevant. I think they've learned their lesson by having this stupid powerful set and then all the other stuff drops away and then everything's about that set and the standard becomes dumb because it's dominated by a single set and a few cards from that set. So they're thinking about the format rotation as a whole. They've gone, well, let's just plant cards that are going to be good post-rotation. So there's a lot of like good mid-rangey cards in Nuka Penna and there's the Triomes and stuff that are exciting because uh, they're cool, but they're not powerful enough to compete with, you know, Goldspan Dragon and, you know, some of the mono white cards and things like that. So, but once that stuff goes, this stuff's really going to have a chance to shine. So, and that's going to mean a healthier format post-rotation, at least in theory. So I, I think this is uh, a, a good thing. I, I hope this is what they've done. If they haven't done it deliberately, happy accidents happen. But uh, I, I think this is a, a cool thing for them to do. Uh, and it means that we're going to, you know, have a more playable format moving forward and hopefully less bans. So, but yeah, anyway, end tangent, but yeah, the, all of, all of that being said, uh, everything's going to rotate, then it's just going to be Obnixilis. So I think they tried and Ob is maybe too good and we need to adapt to the world. You know, New Capenna is Obnixilis' world and we just live in it. So we, we need to get used to that. Yep. So what, are you, what did you <laughs> who, see, Cracker? Who predicted that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cracker, what have you, what have you seen? Yeah, I mean, kind of, there's, there's, yeah, there's a few things. I saw, I don't know if I'd call them meme decks, but there's like a Black White Angels list that I saw running around a few people playing it. I watched a little bit of Minguchi playing it, and then I was also watching some of 
Crokey's stream and he was playing other stuff, but played against that. And like that one actually looked pretty decent for, for best of one. Um, you know, just a bunch of flying threats that have got a bunch of synergies and you kind of pump each other. Um, the two but- drop legend seems really strong. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, certainly Ob, um, making a, a, a token. And then it turns out there's actually just a bunch of ways to copy tokens in standard right now. So you can a Seeker's Chariot and then copy Ob token. And then oh, just as it enters. Well, I mean, yeah, but then as it enters, you can like sacrifice the cat or you can sacrifice the chariot. And then you've got like a bunch of stuff. Uh, there's also a Kaya, the f- uh, five mana Kaya. One of its minus abilities lets you double the number of tokens you're making. For until the end of turn. So people were like playing a Kaya and then down ticking and then next turn playing at Ob and making three Ob and <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> Seems very fair, yes. It, it seems super fair. I saw someone who bounced the wrong thing for Crokies and they returned the actual Ob to his hand. Oh, no. So then- <laughs> instead of the, the, the copy. Oops. So then he's like, okay, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Actually, that's that's something that is weird with, with Obnixilis. Like generally you would, like a token is easier to deal with. So you would be wanting to kill or, or bounce or whatever, you know, the, the real version of it. But in this because the tokens are non-legendary, you kind yep. of actually want to be killing the token for, for exactly the reason you said. You don't want to bounce the real one because then they get to cast it again and get another one. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, the tokens are non-legendary. So it's it's a bit of a weird thing that we haven't seen before. So, yeah, yeah that play has probably just done the default play pattern that they've done yeah. for the last however many years. And Oops. So. Or, or just misclicked because you've got two things that look the same. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell which one's which. <laughs> you, you, you can tell. They actually yeah, do yeah. look distinct yeah. from each other, which is good. Like, you need to hover over them. You need to, you know, like, actually pay attention. But, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, what else did I see? Uh, there was an is it list I saw that was pretty cool, which um, which Crocus was playing. He was playing the, um, the Reservoir Kraken, which is one of the cards I talked about. Uh, in one of the preview shows, and that's the four mana six six with trample and ward two, and then people can like tap a creature at the beginning of combat to like tap it down, but then you get like a fish. Oh, unblockable uh, if, fish, right? Unblockable, yes, exactly. But yeah, if you've just like control the board or you know don't let your opponents have creatures, then it's four mana six six with ward two. It's pretty pretty great. Seems so, pretty strong. Anyway, that's yeah, stats. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely is. So uh, I don't know. It, like Chewie said, there's, well, sort of not not like Chewie's saying it. I think without the real format around during the early access event, you end up with Judith decks that everyone just gets really excited. I mean, you yeah. end up with Obnixilis <laughs> decks that everyone is just like, oh, like it's the most hyped card. It's very clearly the best oh, card yeah. in the set. Is it unbeatable? No. Is it exceptionally good? Yes. Is it probably too pushed? Probably. But at the same time, like, let's not call for bans on things nah. yet. And not not that any of us are, but, like, y- you know, people get caught up into that kind of frenzy because magic players, we like to be a little hyperbolic. Um, and, yeah, so I think we just need to kind of wait and see. Which need it, to adapt. What, need yeah, to well, yeah, exactly it. right. It's just like, all right, here, here's the new threat and how do we deal with it? And, look, maybe Wizards has to do something and- and so be it. Like, if they do, then they do, and that's fine. They're allowed to make mistakes every now and again. But um, I don't know. It certainly doesn't seem unbeatable. 
It's powerful. Yeah. But it's not. Agreed. It's yep. not Oko. Okay. No, it's not okay. <laughs> No one thought Oko was Oko, okay, though. Well, until <laughs> they played it for one game and then everyone realised what they did. Yeah, done. exactly. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're seeing with Omnixlet. So, yeah, well, it, it is very hard to tell from the, the early access events. They, they are always a bit weird, so. Yeah, well, people are trying to jam as many new cards as they can. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the directive that you get from Wizards when you're playing in those those events as well, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, like the the set should be on Arena, like probably by the time you listen to this podcast, and very quickly we will have millions of games being played, and and so probably within the next week we'll know how you know what what decks it's going in, and and just how strong it is, and then over the next few weeks we'll start to see can the metagame shift and, and can we find ways to beat it? And, and you know, within probably three weeks, that's when you start to go, okay, this is really strong and, and quite hard to beat. And, yeah, we'll sort of see what happens from then. But powerful card, good to have a, a good powerful card that's going to have an effect on a format as long as it is, doesn't end up that's what the entire format is about, as we've we've seen in the past with Oko. So. It's quite flavorful that Obnixless is the bad guy. Of the, yeah, he's, he's the, literally there murdering everyone and yeah, I mean, take, taking over the city or whatever. And so it's the base card of the set, right? So mm, yeah. you, it's it, that's a fine line because we've certainly had them where they've had face cards of the set and everyone's like, well, this card is hot garbage. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> on all the promotional material. It's just like, well, that's just yeah, unplayable. Yeah. So it, yeah, the it's best they did with thing. that was um, 13 Minute Emrakul and uh, Liliana. And because yeah, they literally yeah. faced off against each other oh, in the, in in the, the top eight finals. of the P two, yeah, yeah, yes, and the Liliana fantastic. won. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That was that was Jerry T, wasn't it? Uh, that won that one. Is that the because he was, he was playing one? zombies, yeah, black zombies? Because yeah. he yeah. came second with um, the Mardu. yeah, Mardu Pyro, yeah, and yeah. yeah. So Mardu. there you go, there you go. Yep. Bit of, well bit of done, magic history for Yeah, this week on magic history. Good job. Oh, actually, the day. other thing that I saw a little <laughs> yeah. bit of was some of the um, the three color legends, but being played in uh, mono colored decks yeah. because of the way oh, that yeah, the, yeah. the mana symbols worked out. So there's yep, the the hybrid symbols. Yeah, I saw was it Caleb D was playing a mono green shell with the um, Naya legend in it, the one that when you make a token, you can either choose it to be like a two two hasty cat or a three one dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was, and and yeah, he was playing that in like a mono green shell, which seemed interesting. So those are definitely more castable than they read on first pass. You can you can quite easily put yeah, them in the like hasty a, ones a single or two color deck. It, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's cool. Yeah, it's it's a good way. Like with your, your three color sets, if if everything is hard three colors, it really restricts how much those cards are going to see play. Like if there if there just isn't a deck that's supported in those three colors to that's actually strong enough in standard then those cards just don't see play yeah and like the, the way they've yeah the what the way they've done these these cards with those alternating hybrid mana symbols that sort of thing yeah it, it gives you a ton of options of of the ways that you can actually play them so it's a good idea i think that's something we'll see going forward yeah for sure in uh, in a few other sets Good All right, so that's standard. I'm sure we'll talk uh, a lot more about standard over the next few weeks once we sort of start to see the uh, the format shake out and see what's going on. But uh, the other big thing that got announced last week as well was this uh, this fancy new format called Explorer. So, yeah, this came out with the state of the game announcement on the 21st of April. And this was something that we, again, we knew about when we had the, the digital... 
uh, conversation stream that they had that was really poorly received that we bagged them for. Uh, they mentioned that there was going to be a format coming that was tied to paper because uh, that's been a complaint that, that a lot of people have had, and, and including us, where you know, with with formats like Alchemy and Historic and that sort of thing, there there isn't a format on on Arena or or you know, there's standard, but there's no non rotating format on Arena that was actually tied to paper. You you can't play Historic in paper, you can't play Alchemy in paper, that sort of thing. So that was that was something that was definitely lacking. And so on that stream, that yeah, they said okay, there is something coming. They didn't want to say what it was. They didn't say what it was going to be. They did. They they said it was not going to be Pioneer straight up. That sort of thing. Everyone Which is basically knew because then everyone kept saying for the next week, oh, I can't wait for them to announce Pioneer. It's yeah, like, they, they, they said <laughs> they it's literally not said Pioneer. that it was not going to be. Yeah. It will not be Pioneer. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't hard to figure out what it was going to be. And so they have announced a format that they are terming for now Explorer. And uh, and it's as we expected. It is all of the cards that have been printed in uh, onto Arena that have been through the standard sets, basically. So it is, it is the cards that are legal in the Pioneer format. So all the standard sets that have been printed on onto Arena are all legal in this Explorer event. Uh, Explorer uh, format, and it's basically meant to be, as they say in their article, it is paving a path to Pioneer. So looking at the the sets that are legal in this, there's, there's about 40 sets that are legal in Pioneer. I think we, we've spoken about that previously when we uh, sort of dove into what what's going on in Pioneer. About half of them are already on Arena. Uh, so, so that's a, a fair chunk of of the format. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of other cards that have been printed on Arena uh, through, you know, Jumpstart and Historic Anthologies and all that sort of stuff. So, any of those cards that are legal in Pioneer that have been printed through alternate means, they are also legal in this Explorer format. So, it's not Pioneer as they said, uh, but apparently it is it is paving the path to Pioneer and it, it's a good stopgap. So it will still, it will be tied to paper. Uh, so it, every new set that comes out, so New Capenna's just released, that is legal in Explorer. The Brothers War, I think, is the next one that comes out. That's going to be legal in, in Explorer, that sort of thing, and, and, and so on. And their intention is that over time they will be backfilling uh, sets uh, through various means to eventually get to to Pioneer, which is sort of what everyone is is clamouring for. So that's sort of the broad overview of of what Explorer is, and and it is I think it's actually available on Arena now, which is pretty cool. They they sort of got it out there quickly. I mean, it's not hard to do because uh, the, it the was deck building the has been, but the you can't play it yet. Okay. So you, you can actually play when? it. Oh uh, yeah, with Capenna. Is, is when it's okay, actually coming yeah, out. So the next day basically, or so. Basically tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So you've been able to build decks with the restrictions, but um, yep. yeah, yep. that's that's all for the moment. But yeah, it's it's going to have play queues. It's going to have events. It's going to be best of one, best of three. It counts towards your, your rank on ladder, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's 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 a, f- a fully supported format on on arena that is non-rotating that you can build decks in paper if you know if, if your local store decides to run a, an explorer event they can run it because it's all uh, it's all tied to paper you don't have any alchemy cards or anything like this so like first thing from me obviously we're gonna have a bunch of stuff that we're gonna sort of dive into with this but 
Um, first thing for me is this is what historic was meant to be. Yes. <laughs> when, when they yes. announced historic. Uh-huh. And then they decided to go, yeah, we've got this historical format, but we're going to like blow the hell out of it <laughs> and put in random cards from like really old sets. And Brainstorm. then we're going to put in, yeah, yeah then we're going to, we're going to put in, uh, you know, uh, digital only cards and then we're going to do alchemy and all this. And it's like, okay, so historic is, a completely different format. So I'm glad to see this because we've spoken about it before that historic is it is completely separate and it's it's not when my cards or when my decks rotate out of standard I can now play them in historic. It's it's the same as like a deck rotating out of standard and being able to play it in modern. It just doesn't happen. So I like this. Uh, I'm happy to see this format announced. Uh, but yeah, there's obviously a few things to unpack in that. So who wants to go first? I'm just going to talk about Fires of Invention Cracker, so you should... Uh, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Omnath and, and Fires is instantly where my mind's going um, with that. So um, I I am worried that... Uh, and look, I'm excited, Shorty. I share, I share your enthusiasm. Um, the concern that I have is it just becoming like... a a three deck format because um, I, I I think there are some really, really powerful cards out there that I'm just worried that are just too good. Some strategies that are just too good and the, um, you know, the aggressive decks to try to get under them, you know, it's going to have the answers for because of the diversity of the, the format as well. So just, just before you continue on your thought, just so everyone is aware, there is already a ban list. So it is using yeah. the same ban list as, uh, Pioneer currently, but they may, if because of the size of the format, because it's not full Pioneer, they may need to ban cards in Explorer that maybe later on they will unban once once sort of full Pioneer is out. So so there is, you know, your Oko and your Teferis and Underworld Breach and Uro and those sorts of things. They are already banned. So just uh, for everyone out there. Sorry, yeah, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, and maybe I'm just, you know, the, the decks that come to mind are, are really powerful and I need to play the format. Uh, and you know the millions of other people need to play the format to see if it's actually an issue. But super excited, can't wait to play it. This is what, like you said, this is what Pioneer should have been all along. So pumped to actually get that uh, in in this form. Uh, I just hope it's good. I'm just worried that you know there are certain cards out there that uh, are going to dominate, and you know we we see a series of bans and and things like that. Um, a question around arena. So I got wild cards back for banned cards. Uh, am do, are they still in my collection? Am I still able to play them <laughs> in that format? Yes. Yeah, you, st- you yep. still have the cards. You still yeah, have the copies of the cards. They yes, don't take them away from you. Okay. Value. Love it. Yeah. Okay, that's good. They're not, not going <clears> to <throat> take the wild cards back off you either, yeah, yeah. we hope. No, well, I don't have to take anyway. <laughs> yeah, good luck. You can't take You will have negative wild cards. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that, that's good. I just had to wait two years for the return to get my return on that. But, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a um, it's a, a really exciting thing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Cracker, are you going to be putting Curiosity on 1-1 Flies? Yeah, either that or just, just, uh, just Rogan people again, man. Bring me back some mystical disputes and drowns and locks. Yeah. I will yep. dispute your Omnath every day of the week. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, and look, that, I, that, that could, that could be yeah. good. You know, that's uh, that, that, that starting to shape up like a healthy format, right? So Yeah. 
Uh, I, I'm excited. Like, I, I agree exactly with what you guys are saying. This is what Historic was always billed as, and then it got carried away. The thing that I'm concerned about is the technology. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the just the number of formats that we've got now. Ah, technology. Uh, so, we've got best of one and best of three in now. Standard, Alchemy, Historic, Brawl, Explorer, Limited- there's, there's two different types of limited. We're at like eight different types of magic you can play at any given point on the arena client. I don't know whether that's a bug or a feature. Uh, it feels like a lot. It does, but I mean, it'd be interesting to see the stats, right? How on what gets played, you know? And we saw some stats a few weeks ago. Yeah, on we did. And <laughs> I guess and- no one's playing, <laughs> you know, alchemy. I can tell you now, alchemy's going to die very quickly. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think get what they're trying to do, but failed the, experiment. Yeah, well, only because they decided to add more digital-only cards. Again, yeah, they build yeah. it as this thing where we're going to rebalance standard, and you don't have the stupid broken cards. And everyone's like, "That's a fantastic idea," and we're going to inject sixty new things. And it's just like, "Whoa, whoa, where did this come from?" Like, <laughs> yeah, put that effort into programming the other pioneer cards. Yeah, please. give me, give me the rest of the Lotus Field <laughs> combo deck. Come on, let's go. Uh, That's what I want to do. <laughs> that was uh, it's another really good way for wizards to drain the non-existent wild cards that I have. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think overall great thing. Uh, I, I'm expecting there to be some super sweet curve out aggressive decks uh, that have got you know um, flame. Uh, I can never remember the name of that enchantment shorty that we played at the PTQ. Expressive iteration. Ah, no, not expressive iteration. The um, experimental frenzy. frenzy. Experimental yeah. frenzy. So yeah, yeah, you know, what... mono red with Torbrand, frenzy, that sort of stuff can be Stinking. played again. Uh, that's really exciting. There's there's Omnath. There's the, uh, the adventures. There's yeah the the adventure decks. There's the uh, oh, cat oven shorty. Cat cat yep, ovens. Yep. There's the the seven mana sorcery get. Tibalt and uh, time walks and that sort of stuff to, um, you know, emergent ultimatum. That's the one. Well, there's there's no time walks though. You've got um, Aaron's Epiphany. Yeah. Mm, Oh, okay, sure. Yep. Yep. Yep, It's not banned. Yep. No, that's not banned. um, Nexus of Fate is banned. Nexus is. Nexus of Time time Warp was one of their mystical archive cards that's not not legal. Not legal, but yeah. We should get um, Khan's Temporal Sundering as well. Uh, from Dominaria, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, that should yep. be there. Whether that makes the cut or not, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's no, a, just, an option. Yeah. Basically, we've got effectively full sets from Ixalan onwards. Yeah, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Then there's a bunch of yeah, like I said, random stuff. Like we had Armaket remastered, Kaladesh remastered, that sort of thing, which which have filled in a lot of stuff. Then there's a bunch of stuff in Jumpstart, and then the various historic anthologies that have happened. So there is quite a lot of it one thing that you know to to talk about i guess the the elephant in the room you know everyone's going oh sweet you know this this is leading into pioneer they they literally say in their article that you know we want to stress that supporting pioneer on mtg arena will take several years to accomplish and what they're aiming to to do is basically what they did with vintage or magic online which is where they're not going to print every single card that's in pioneer onto arena 
because uh, there's there's no point printing the, the random garbage commons that are never going to get played. They're going to print all the cards that matter for for that format. And what a lot of people are saying is like, well, why, you know, why is that going to take several years? You know, if you look at the Pioneer format, if you took, say, the top 20 decks from Pioneer, you only need to print like 500, it's like or 200 600. cards or something like that. It's, it's, it's actually not that many to get like the no, top 10 or 15 decks. Because a lot of it is already stuff that, that is already on Arena. And, and, you know, you're basically going, okay, let's, that's like two sets worth of cards to, to put on, on Arena. Also, there's the, uh, the thing where they're, doing Baldur's Gate Commander set on Arena for reasons instead of doing this. But we sort of mentioned this before the cast. I don't think Wizards is incentivized to actually have full Pioneer on on Arena. Not, not all in one go. No. So uh, like we mentioned before, you know, this is likely going to kill Alchemy. It's also likely going to have a pretty big impact on Historic because you're going to get a lot of people that are going to go, well, I don't like the digital-only cards that are on Historic and how crazy powerful this is, and it costs me way too many wild cards to get into Historic, whereas I've got all of these cards from my standard decks that I can play in Explorer. So as you add more and more of this format to Arena and it becomes closer and closer to Pioneer, you're going to be cannibalizing your other other play cues and the amount of money that people are spending on, on the cards for those sets. You know, why are you going to buy alchemy packs and, and things like that when you're not going to play those formats why are you going to buy you know historic anthology stuff to to play in historic when you're not going to play that sort of thing so there's that reason there's also if if wizards went all right in six months time we're going to dump 600 cards from pioneer all the cards that matter go and you know they dump it only one go what you get is a bunch of people that go sweet i'm going to put 100 bucks in i'm going to buy all the cards that i need to build my favorite deck in pioneer and then that's it and then they're not going to spend money for ages. Whereas if you slowly drag this out over the next several years, which I take as being three years, yeah. you're going to release things here, you're going to release things there. People are going to go, oh, they've you know they've just released that the new historic anthologies, and it's got a bunch of cards for the Lotus Field combo deck, which I really like playing in Pioneer. Well, now I'm going to spend my money, I'm going to get that. And then three months later, oh, the next historic anthologies comes out, and oh, it's got all the cards for such and such deck that I really want. You know, we get thing in the ice or something, and all of a sudden Phoenix is really good. Oh, sweet, I'm going to buy that. So they're going to earn way more money <laughs> out of people by slow dripping it. And I don't think a lot of people realize that that's how it's going to work. Like Wizards just sort of really isn't isn't incentivized to have Pioneer. Do you, like, do you guys agree with what I'm saying here, or am I just yeah, way no, off the like, mark? If I that's how I would do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it makes all of the sense. Uh, yeah. from a, you, you agree with that, Cracker? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's, that's the model you'd sell to one of your clients? Yeah, man. Because <laughs> can I tell you, as someone who has the choice of either selling things as a one-time lump item or as reoccurring revenue, oh, I know which one's a lot better. Yeah. yeah. And it is reoccurring revenue every time. So yeah. yeah, imagine if you just bought Netflix for a hundred bucks, right? And yeah, you just had a Netflix yeah. license versus ten bucks a month, right? You know, it's yeah. a what's what's better for the company? Yeah. Imagine yeah. if they had a yeah. subscription service where you could just build decks that you wanted to. Rather than- <laughs> anyway, that's another conversation. But uh, certainly, I know is, what yeah. I'd be putting you just have money to play into. A client, mate. That's all. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I, I, I'm excited about this format. I think. 
yeah, we, we will probably over the next few weeks, I think we will do a focused episode on, on this format as we start to see what's going on and, and what decks are actually available and that sort of thing. But Not making any announcements, asking a genuine question, is this a potential one-day event? As part of the Beast yes, yes, I was format. I was going to mention that. So okay. obviously, we do have this weekend. We have a historic event, uh, our next one day event in our tournament series. But I'm pretty keen, and uh, I'd assume probably you beans are as well for potentially our next one day yeah, for sure. uh, event to be an explorer one. So I think that would be quite popular. So wait and see. That, that'll be something that will will be announced, but. I think uh, as just, you know, if you're wanting to jump into this format quickly, you know, as soon as it's available to be played on Arena, I think probably your starting point is look at the decks that are, you know, go to MTG Goldfish and look at what's what's on the Pioneer deck lists and just see what's missing because you can look at a deck and go, oh, I'm, it's only missing this one card that's a four of. Well, I can just sub that out and put something else that's similar and then I've basically got, got that deck. And there's going to be a whole bunch of, of that sort of stuff because if it's a pioneer power level deck, then it's going to do pretty well in, in the format like Explorer. So that'd be a good place to start. That's where I would start. I mean, I would just be starting with Mono Red. That's 100% where I'll be going. But uh, yeah, we will we will do a deep dive on that in the near future. So anything else you guys want to mention on that before we sort of close out the last couple of things? Oh, I just can't wait to play Fires. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yep. no. All right. Cool. So yeah, last couple of things. As we mentioned, yeah, one day historic event is on this Saturday. So two hundred and fifty bucks cash and prizes, uh, free to enter. Always a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think any of us are actually any of us beans are going to be available to play. Uh, I was intending on it, and just with circumstances with things going on and you know my son's birthday and <laughs> various other things parties and that sort of stuff and chewy you moving house and cracker you were finally allowed out of the house so uh, yep. it's not not likely to happen uh, but obviously we'll still be putting on a good event and uh, people will be enjoying themselves so if you haven't registered for that get in on that this saturday 11 a.m deck lists do need to be submitted uh, that morning via email so make sure you get those in and uh, yeah, get those cash and prizes and the all important envy points. And we've just opened up today registration for the next league. So the Streets of New Capenna League will kick off with a live draw in two weeks' time. So Friday the 13th of May. Uh, might be a little bit of a spooky stream. And uh, yeah, we'll do the, the league draw and then kick off that next league. So make sure you get in on those. Uh, historic. So the event this weekend, what have you guys paid any attention to historic? What are you, what are you sleeving up virtually to, to play this event? Chewy? Phoenix. Yep. Yeah. Just stick with, stick with the bin chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good. It's what I've got built. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's one of the pillars of the format. So should be, should, people will probably be prepared for it, but, uh, it's, it's powerful enough to play through that. That's why it's, you know, up up there in the metagame rankings. Yep. So, yep. I agree. I'd be doing the same thing. Get those chickens out of the bin or hard cast them. Either way, they're they're always good and it is always a, a solid deck. Cracker, where would you be heading? Uh, I mean, I haven't really looked at Historic since we did the deep dive. So it would be... I still like the Grease Fang decks. I think they, they got some new tools as well coming up, which is cool. Uh, or the Polymorphia into your Locust God and draw your deck and kill people with hasty insects 
Actually, I did. I, I did actually fire. I, I did fire. I, I, could, I lied earlier. I did fire Arena up uh, a couple of nights ago, sitting on the couch. I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm just going to run." Every now and then, I run back that Burgie, Burgie Storm deck. It's like mm. I'm sitting on the couch. I just, I just run this out, and I got like turn four Mizzix Mastery. Someone casting Emergent Ultimatum out of their graveyard, and they went and got Vorinclex, Omniscience, and uh, Sarkin. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I, I can't. There's nothing I could choose here that's going to be good for me. So I, I was like, oh, I just want to see you do your thing. So I gave them, I put Omniscience back in their in their library, and so they got Vorinclex and Sarkin, and which means you can ultimate Sarkin straight away, which it lets you go and search your library for any number of dragon cards. <laughs> and so they just search their library for like. 12 dragon cards and put them all on the field and, you know, you get Terror of the Peaks nice. damage and, and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> just came. It was like, yeah, good job. That was that was fun. This yeah, is you got to let your opponent do a thing sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's definitely those things that you can do because, as we've said before, Historic does have that feel of modern. It, it is – there is just some very, very powerful combos and, and things going on there, so – but bin chickens still do, do still do pretty well, so it's a it's a good thing, and, and that's what I would be I'd be running back. All right, I think that's going to do us for tonight. Uh, yeah, hope you've enjoyed this uh, <laughs> mixed bag of, of different things going on in the magic world, and uh, yeah, des- despite our uh, our week off, hopefully you haven't tuned out and unsubscribed to our podcast, and you're still getting it each each and every week when it actually comes out. So that's it. Usual wrap up. If you want to get in on, on, our, on any of our future events, come and join us in our Discord. We have an awesome community there with lots of people always chatting about different things going on in the magic world and uh, you know memes and whatever else is going on. So there's, there's lots of good stuff. There's a link in our show notes for our merch store. If you want to get some T-shirts and hoodies and that sort of thing before we you know get to catch up towards the end of the year, then uh, yeah, head to the head there and grab some stuff. And uh, any money that we get from that just goes straight back into the prizes that we give out for the tournament series. So you're just supporting yourself. Speaking of supporting, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. Join up the Facebook auction group and check out their daily auctions. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. All those places we are Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast. So search us up. You'll find us there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.